0: Good morning. 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 Welcome to worship today. Special welcome to anyone who's joining us online or by phone. We're glad that you are with us as well. Just a few brief announcements before we begin today. Um, First of all, a a reminder that next Sunday we're having a a special meeting of our congregation to discuss a few important topics. There's information in your bulletin about that. Uh, In preparation for that meeting, where you have a landscaping survey about the landscaping proposal, um, got some great responses so far. Uh, Thank you to everyone who's filled that out. If you haven't had a chance to fill it out, and you would like to, there are a few printed out um, back by the offering plate back there, and you can fill that out and leave that, or you can fill it out online. And after our meeting next week, uh, the family of Larry Nelson um, will be providing a meal for Trinity. Larry thought of Trinity as his second family and so his, uh, Larry's family wanted to make sure that uh, Trinity had an opportunity to gather and remember him. So please uh, come next Sunday for uh, a very special day, both for our meeting and for that luncheon in honor of Larry. Got a couple of sign-up sheets in the back. Um, There's one for a Palm Sunday brunch potluck. So on April 10th is Palm Sunday, and I think it's been a while since we've had a potluck, so we're gonna be having one downstairs, uh, uh, following the service. Uh, Our friends who have been worshiping downstairs, um, Madison Church are also canceling their service that day, and they're gonna join us at uh, 9.15, so uh, they'll be joining us for brunch as well. So there's a sign-up sheet in the back for bringing dishes, just so we have a sense of what will be uh, what food we'll have. If you have any questions, you can talk to Jen Dyer. Yeah, there's Jen. <coughs> also coming up soon, we've got uh, our Healing House Week, which is an opportunity to uh, uh, to serve and provide meals for those uh, in the Healing House program. If you have questions about that, please talk to Kaya, who's uh, behind me. <laughs> we, we have, we're responsible for meals on April 3rd through 9th, and there's kind of a core group that... Uh, uh, has been uh, involved in that, but we're always looking for more people to help provide meals for Healing House. If you have questions, uh, you can talk to, to Kaya or or to me or uh, there's a few other people here who have prepared meals for Healing House before. Uh, everyone who's done it has reported that it's a very fulfilling thing to do, so uh, if you're interested, talk to talk to Kaya. Just a, a few updates for our prayers. Uh, we after church today at noon down at, at Gunderson East uh, will be Donna Deschamps' uh, funeral service. Um, there's also a time of visitation following the service. So if uh, you would like to attend that, that's at noon today, with a visitation following. The family of Marion Stewart has also requested our prayers. Uh, Marion has been declining in the past few days and is nearing. Uh, nearing death, and so they are uh, gathering in vigil, waiting for her, uh, accompanying her, and they've requested our prayers. So please pray for the family of Marion Stewart and for Marion. During the season of Lent, we've been trying something a little bit different during our prayers, uh, in that we are inviting those who have gathered to write prayers for us to share. Back at the baptismal font, there is a basket and there are slips of paper for you to write some prayer requests. If during one of the hymns or any time before the prayers are shared, you want to go back there and leave a prayer request, there are uh, three different colors of paper for three different kinds of prayer requests. The idea being that the prayers of the people are meant to be reflective of the people, of the local gathering. And so, uh, if you would like to leave a prayer request, please... Find those slips of paper back by the baptismal font and leave them in the basket, and we'll share them during our prayers of intercession. Are there any other announcements we should make before we begin? Not seeing any, we'll begin with our prelude music. Please stand as you are able and face the baptismal font. In the name of God, who makes a way in the wilderness, walks with us, and guides us in our pilgrimage. Amen. Holy one, we confess that we have wandered far from you. We have not trusted your promises. We have ignored your prophets in our own day. We have squandered our inheritance of grace. We have failed to recognize you in our midst. Have mercy on us, forgive us and turn us again to you. Teach us to follow in your ways. Assure us again of your love, and help us to love our neighbor. Amen. Amen. Beloved in Christ, the word draws near to you, and all who call out to God shall be saved. In Jesus, God comes to you again and again, and gathers you under the wings of love. In Jesus' name, your sins are forgiven. God's journey, God journeys with you and teaches you how to live in love. Amen. Amen. pray. God of compassion, you welcome the wayward, and you embrace us all with your mercy. By our baptism, clothe us with garments of your grace, and feed us at the table of your love. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
1: The first reading is from Joshua, the fifth chapter. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away from you the disgrace of Egypt. And so that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the Israelites were camped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover in the evening on the fourteenth day of the month in the plains of Jericho. On the day after the Passover, On that very day, they ate the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. The manna ceased on that day, they ate the produce of the land, and the Israelites no longer had manna, they ate the crops of the land of Canaan that year. Word of God, word of life.
2: Thanks Thanks be to God. Be glad, you righteous, and rejoice in the Lord. My bones withered away because of my
1: The second reading is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 5. From now on, therefore, we regard no one from a human point of view, even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we know him no longer in that way. So if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Everything old has passed away, see, everything has become new. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting the message of reconciliation to us. So we are ambassadors for Christ, since God is making his appeal through us, we entreat you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Word of God, word of life.
2: Thanks be to God.
0: Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 15th chapter.
2: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling, saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the property that will belong to me so he divided his property between them a few days later the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country and there he squandered his property in dissolute living when he had spent everything a severe famine took place throughout that country dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. his father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours but we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life he was lost and has been found this is the gospel of the lord praise to you o christ please be seated and grace and peace be with you my friends from our heavenly parent from our lord and savior jesus christ Amen. I am guessing that most of us are familiar with our gospel reading for today. Jesus often taught in parables, and this is perhaps his best-known one. We know this text as the parable of the prodigal son. Prodigal meaning wasteless or reckless in spending, as in the son was prodigal with his inheritance. We know the basics of the story, right? This father had two sons. The younger two takes his inheritance early and wastes it on dissolute living in a distant country. But at a low point, he comes to his senses and he goes and goes back home. And the surprising twist in the story is that the father forgives him and welcomes him back with open arms and a party. Meanwhile, the older son grumbles that his father would be so foolish in forgiving this son and. Never once through a party for him, he says. The danger with familiar texts like this is that we think we know them better than we do. The danger is that we can turn off our ears and our hearts because we think we've heard it all before. I think this is especially dangerous with the parables of Jesus because they never seem to lose their power to surprise us. They never seem to lose their power to speak god's word to us in new ways so i want to heighten our expectation and approach this reading again as if we are hearing it for the first time in order to hear a fresh word this morning i'd like us to try hearing this text from a slightly different perspective we most often call this parable the parable of the prodigal son and if you open most Bibles in English there will be a heading that says the parable of the prodigal son but Jesus didn't give it that name neither did the gospel writer Luke that name was attached to this text later on by readers like us the verses and chapter numbers the story headings were not part of the original text of the New Testament they were added later as a shorthand as a way of helping us as readers So for today, try to forget that we know this story so well. Try to forget that name that's been attached to it so we can hear it with fresh ears. If I were to give it a new name today, just to hear it from a slightly different perspective, let's call it the parable of the emaciated son, the parable of the hungry brother. You see, for a long time, I didn't pay much attention to the famine in this story—a severe famine. Did you notice that detail? I didn't include it in my little recap a few moments ago. But right there in the middle of the parable, there it is. This is a detail that Jesus chooses to include, so it must be important for our understanding, for our hearing. Take a look at the text if, you, if you'd if you like. Jesus says, When he had spent everything, he meaning the son, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. Things got so desperate, he hit the lowest of rock bottoms for a good Jewish boy. He was forced to live and work with pigs. Remember, according to the laws of Leviticus and Deuteronomy, pigs are an unclean animal. So this was a disgraceful bottom. The text goes on to say that he wasn't even offered the food that the pigs were eating. He wanted to eat it, the text says. He would have gladly have filled himself with the pods the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything, Jesus, the storyteller, says. In other words, this man is living in a foreign country far from home where everyone in that country is starving because of a severe famine, and he's being treated worse than the livestock. No one gives him anything. So it's at this moment that the son comes to his senses. I am dying of hunger, he says in the next verse. And we don't have any reason to believe that he's exaggerating. He's living through a famine, after all. He has no money, and no one will give him anything. This is why I'm proposing that we try reframing this parable for today as the parable of the emaciated son, Or the parable of the hungry brother by this point in the story he is dying of starvation mark allen powell is a new testament scholar a lutheran new testament scholar some folks at trinity will know that name because we had a video course by him last fall called called how lutherans interpret the bible Several years ago, Powell led a little experiment. It wasn't a large sample size, but he wanted to show how, depending on where you live, you hear the Bible differently. That the scripture can have different meanings depending on your life experience. So he asked 100 American seminary students to read this parable from Luke 15. Then he told them to close their Bibles and then turn to a partner and retell the story from memory because he wanted to see what details they emphasized, what they remembered, and what they forgot. In his little experiment, only six out of 100 Americans remembered at all that there was a severe famine in this story. So 94% of Americans forgot that there was a famine at all. Powell started to call this group the Famine Forgetters, and I think it applies to me and others when we hear this story. Instead, the American seminarians seemed to emphasize that the, that the son had somehow caused this himself, that he had simply squandered his inheritance. They'd emphasized the first part of the story. That's probably part of the reason that we tend to call this the parable of the prodigal son, because through our North American eyes, we tend to see that he was irresponsible with his inheritance. So for comparison, Powell repeated his experiment in St. Petersburg, Russia. And in contrast to the Americans, 84% of Russians remembered and emphasized that there was a famine. Perhaps this isn't surprising because within the living memory, at least within a couple generations, residents of St. Petersburg would remember the Siege of Leningrad, where for 872 days the Nazis tried to starve the city into submission. Famine was a real experience for them and their families in a way that it wasn't for us here in America. For one last final experiment, Powell took this story and this experiment to Tanzania and he asked them about the hunger of the youngest son. And he was surprised that they emphasized still another option. The Tanzanian said he was hungry because no one would help him. So if you asked an American why the youngest son is starving, we would most likely say that he did it to himself, he was irresponsible with his money. But if you asked a Russian, they'd say he was starving because there was a whole country that was starving. Even if he had been responsible, he might be still be starving because of the f- severe famine. And still, if you asked a Tanzanian, they would most likely say that he was hungry because the community refused to help him. Now, there's an element of truth, and I think we need all three perspectives in a way. And they each find warrant in the text. The prodigal son did waste his money on dissolute living, the text says. The country did have a severe famine. And the text says that no one would help him. In college, I spent time in Ireland, and I remember this one statue in Dublin that has just stuck with me. It's a memorial for the victims of the potato famine of the 19th century. It is hard for us to imagine the suffering caused by this famine when the potato crop, a staple of the diet, collapsed. More than a million people died in that famine, and another million Irish people emigrated to other countries To escape starvation. The famine memorial features sculptures of people, tall skinny figures with exaggerated features to emphasize their desperation. Their eyes are hollow, their cheeks are gaunt, their expressions show a severe hunger. It is a haunting sculpture that has stuck with me. Severe famines still occur in our world, Think of a place like Yemen. Because of the civil war in that country, millions are malnourished. According to the World Food Program, 2.2 million children under five years old require treatment for acute malnutrition. In wars like the one going on in Ukraine, starvation is still used as a weapon against civilians to try and pacify them. Those fleeing the city of Mariupol, Ukraine, report spending weeks in their basements with little to eat, no electricity or water. If we take the famine seriously in today's parable, how does it change Jesus' message for us? How can this new way of looking at the parable draw us closer to God and to our neighbor in love? I think when most of us imagine the prodigal son returning, we picture someone who has just gorged himself in a faraway land. Perhaps we picture him coming back from an excessive trip in Las Vegas. He's filled himself up with food and lost all of his money at the casino, We might think. But that's not the picture that Jesus paints. Jesus says this son is starving and that no one would help him. So perhaps we picture an emaciated son, a hungry brother, with just enough energy to stumble home. Someone like those statues in Dublin, with hollow eyes and gaunt cheeks. Someone who had been treated like nothing. Someone treated as less important than the livestock he worked with. It's this emaciated and almost dead son that the father sees coming down the road. This is the son, who has been forced to work in the mud with the pigs. Maybe his clothes still smell like a pig pen. Is it any wonder that the first thing the father wants to do is feed him and get him some decent clothes? The father welcomes him with honor and respect and love. Bring out a robe, the best one, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And let's put some food in that empty stomach of his. To say that his son was dead and now is alive appears to be more than a metaphor, more than hyperbole the father might have heard of a famine in a distant country may have known that that's where his fa- where his son was likely to be maybe he stayed up at night wondering if his beautiful boy was dead from hunger the truth for us is that the messes we find ourselves in are often a combination of our own doing and forces from outside ourselves our bondage to sin often makes us both victims and perpetrators of our state. Like the emaciated son, we may have squandered God's given gifts. But also like the emaciated son, we are at times caught up in forces of injustice and inhospitality that are beyond our control. Both can be true at the same time. The good news for us is that none of this seems to matter when God sees us coming home. The father doesn't seem to care how much his son has messed up. The only thing the father can think about is how to get to him as fast as he can. The father sees him and takes off running. The father can only think about celebrating that his son who is lost is found. That though his son is emaciated, he is alive. He needs to be fed. He needs to be clothed. He needs to be celebrated in love. It is that kind of love, the love of that father, that looks upon you this day, my dear siblings. If you're hungry, it's time to come home. If you're down on your luck, it's time to come home. If you've messed up and you're not sure how to fix it, it's time to come home. And if no one in this world will help you, it's time to come home to the God who loves you. And if you've been fed, it's time to invite someone else to the party. Amen.
3: Your people cry for help in times of distress. Resolve disagreements among family members. Save those who are experiencing financial hardship. Hear our prayers for those who are sick or grieving, especially Jacqueline, Randy, Myron, Danaya, Rick, Vicky, Lynn, Harley, Kristen and Bob Hear now the prayers of our community for our loved ones We pray for Renata in Germany
0: For Jim in the hospital and Diane his wife We pray for Marion Stewart and her family And we pray for the family of Donna Doschamp.
3: You make up the land to make the land to produce a harvest that sustains your entire creation equip farmers and farm workers who till the soil nourish the earth with ample rainfall and abundant sunshine heal grounds tainted by pollution or misuse merciful god receive our prayer Jesus formed the disciples in the ways of extravagant mercy and profound welcome. Lead your church to be a community marked by forgiveness, hospitality, and celebration. Send us to transform a world plagued by fear and condemnation. Hear now our prayers for Trinity and the mission of the Church. God of love, let us
0: remember that we are all prodigal children. None of us are the brother. Merciful God, Receive receive our prayer.
3: Countries are divided, and leaders often harbor grudges. Reconcile nations that experience conflict, especially Ukraine and Russia. Act quickly to bring an end to war. Announce peacemakers trained in the art of diplomacy and foster a spirit of collaboration among the political rivals. Hear now our prayers for neighbors near and far. We lift up all who suffer
0: from famine and hunger this day, especially those in Yemen.
3: Merciful God, receive receive our our prayer. The one who was dead is alive again. Give thanks for those who have died confident that steadfast love surrounds them. We remember, especially Donna Doshamp. Shelter them in your love until we are gathered at your heavenly banquet. Merciful God, receive Receive our our prayer. prayer.
0: Accept the prayers we bring, O God, on behalf of a world in need. For the sake of Jesus Christ, Amen. amen. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Please share a sign of peace with those around you, and peace to those gathering with us online as well. <laughs>
3: Let us pray. Extravagant God, you have blessed us with the fullness of creation. Now we gather at your feast, where you offer us the food that satisfies. Take and use what we offer here. Come among us and feed us with the body and blood of Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life And bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. stand as you are able you are indeed holy O God the fountain of all holiness you bring light from darkness life from death speech from silence we worship you for our lives and for the world you give us we thank you for a new world to come for the love that will rule all in all we praise you for the grace shown to Israel your chosen The people of your promise, the rescue from Egypt, the gift of the promised land, the memory of the fathers, the homecoming from exile, and the prophet's words that will not be in vain. In all this, we bless you for your only begotten Son, who fulfilled and will fulfill all your promises. We remember on the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, take and eat my body given for you do this for the remembrance of me again after supper he took the cup gave thanks and gave for all to drink saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin do this for the remembrance of me for as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Therefore, gracious parent, with this bread and cup, we remember the life our Lord offered for us. In believing in the witness of his resurrection, we await his coming in power to share with us the great and promised feast. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So now we pray your Holy Spirit, the spirit of our Lord and of his resurrection that we who receive the Lord's body and blood may live to praise of your glory and receive our inheritance with all your saints in light. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Join our prayers with those of your servants of every time and every place and unite them with the ceaseless petitions of our great high priest until he comes as victorious Lord of all. Through him, with him, in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit all honor and glory are yours Almighty Father now and forever Amen. gathered into one by the Holy Spirit let us pray as Jesus taught us our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. All are welcome to commune with us today because this is the Lord's table, not Trinity Lutheran's table. Here is food and drink for the journey. Take and be filled. Thank you. Please stand as you are able. May the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen, keep, and unite us now and forever. Amen.
3: Let us pray. Blessed Jesus, in this rich meal of grace, you have fed us with your body the bread of life. Now send us forth to bear your life-giving hope to a world in need.
0: You are children of God, anointed with the oil of gladness and strengthened for the journey. Almighty God, motherly, majestic, and mighty, bless you this day and always.
3: Amen. The mission of Trinity Lutheran Church is to proclaim and celebrate the love of Jesus Christ, to live as God's servants in the world, and to be a caring and healing community. Go in peace.
1: Jesus meets you on the way.